Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and this is a very special week. We've gotten to do this one other time in April of 2016 when Looking for Lovely came out. And this week, I have a new book that came out called 100 Days to Brave, Devotions for Unlocking Your Most Courageous Self. The book released on Tuesday, and I am just thrilled about it. I'm so glad it's available and out there, and you can grab it from your local bookstore, from any Target, supposedly, and from Amazon, and so I hope you will. But my favorite kind of parties are the parties I have with other people. I should have been born a twin so that I could have always shared my birthday party, but today I do get to share my book birthday with my sweet friend, Jess Connolly. So you may already know Jess from her book, Wild and Free, that she wrote with Haley Morgan, or from running the Influence Conference, or from her online presence, her teaching. She's just amazing. She is a blast to watch and be friends with and to listen to. I'm just so grateful for her wisdom in my life. And also this week, her book, Dance, Stand, Run, Release. So we were both really thrilled to get to share a book birthday. And I thought there's no other way to throw a party than to throw a party with Jess. And so that is what we did today. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and celebrate her book birthday as well with Jess Connolly. Happy book birthday week to you and to me. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. It's the best, right? It is. It is the best. Okay. How many books do you have out now? Count all all the ones you've written with Haley and without Haley and et cetera. I have two out right now, um, which is crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you count curriculums? If so, then we've got, we're talking about three, three years of today. Okay. Did you like, when you were young, did you go... I am going to be a book writer when I grow up. This is my favorite question to answer. Oh, Um, cool. It really is because I think that I would like to hear your answer too, by the way. I will. Um, I think my answer is a little bit different. Um, No, I I didn't in that I didn't think about it in a dreamy way. I didn't think like maybe one day, but because I'm an eight on the Enneagram, I think I thought like when I write books. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Really? Yeah. So because of your eightness, your eightness that says, I'm a challenger, I'm going to go for the thing, I'm going to do it. There was always just like, so when I write books, it'll be blah, blah, blah. Yes. But what I think is interesting and how I have to, you know, delineate from ones and threes is that I also, I never felt any like emotion attached to it. Like it was never like, I'll, it'll be, it was never an achievement thing. And it's never been a like, because it's the right thing to do. It's always just been like, I, I like to compel people. Seems like it works well to do that with words. Yeah. So let me answer my version of that. And then I, we're going to talk Enneagram for a minute. I have always loved books. I, we grew up not watching TV. And one of my grandmothers was a librarian and the other one owned a bookstore. And so there just was no option for me. Someone ended up, someone had to write books in the long run. I really didn't know I would. I just love them so much. I read and as you know, we talked about this before, but I read like crazy. I love reading. And so it just kind of, in a similar way, it was always kind of a given, but I never thought about it. Yeah. I wrote terrible poetry in high school. So <gasps> I still helps. write terrible poetry. So when do you, why do you write poetry? When do you do that? Uh, you know, I haven't done it. To, like, I, I think I do it to be faithful because it's like in my head, but I, I mean, it's real bad. It's not like cute bad. It's like pretty bad. Right. Um, right. But yeah, you write it in your journal or do you type it up or what? Okay. I actually have a whole, this is embarrassing, but real is that I have a whole, um, like private blog of poetry. (gasps) A, that's not embarrassing. You're allowed to do whatever you want with your life. So I want you to stop listening to that shame. (laughs) There's no shame in having a private poetry blog, but so you just update it randomly. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been like two or three years since I updated it. Oh, that's awesome. I bet so many people have secret blogs we don't know about. I bet they do. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think blogs are great. Secret ones are even better. Yeah, that's the truth. Wait, you still think blogs are great? Talk about that for a minute. Well, maybe I shouldn't Do you know a lot of people who are still blogging? No. I still, I mean, I still have my blog and I still post about podcasts on it. And I'll write, when I want to do long form that I want immediately to release, I will put it on my blog. But I don't, I mean, there was a time when I was blogging five days a week and we're not even touching that right no, now. No, 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 no. Um, okay, well, you know, I have to do like um, podcast inception in that. I ha- we have to talk about this. I'm going to make you talk about it later. 
because I'm in control okay. of your podcast. Yes, I, come on. Your episode with Carlos was like, oh. I can't. I can't. I mean, I've made it like required listening for everyone I know at this point. Um, really? What? So what stood out to you? I agree, but I'm just curious what part of it so was so... layers. I mean, I've followed yeah. Carlos. Like, I'm, I'm not his friend. I've I've been a, like, follower of him. So sure. I felt like to watch the, the arc of his life from afar has been really interesting to, like, perceive a lot of what was happening. Um, the, like, power of the Holy Spirit in that podcast and just, I'm like... I feel like it's like a new wave in like writers, speakers, podcasters, authors, like having the freedom to say like, yeah, this is what it looks like to walk with, with the Holy Spirit, um, to stop saying the Holy Spirit and to say like Holy Spirit, which I like. <gasps> right. Isn't yes. that interesting? That is such a massive shift. It's a massive for, shift. For so many of us. It is for me too to switch because I don't say the Jesus. You don't say like your best you know? friend, the Gina. You say Gina. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so, Carlos, that is a trademark of the church he goes to that they just say, we're calling on Holy Spirit to step in and do this, or we're asking Holy Spirit. And I have tried to adopt that into my language, but it's such a shift. It's a surprising shift. Yeah. We wrote about it. We wrote about it in Wild and Free and said, like, hey, let's stop calling him the Holy Spirit. Let's call him Holy Spirit. And But it's funny. It's like I, I also still didn't feel I don't. I think, like, macro, you know, online ministry, sometimes we don't, we're not like afforded that freedom or we feel like we're not afforded that freedom to talk about like really intimate things, like the way we like deal with God. So I, I would literally put my headphones in my ears the day it came out, walked around downtown Charleston and just kind of like quietly cried and was like, it's happening. It's happening. Like we're getting to talk about the Lord. We're getting to talk about real things. People are stepping into like some freedom to say like, I'm still broken, was broken, also healed. I mean, it was just beautiful. And then the local church stuff, um, you know, just got me in the feels like that sometimes right. it's really faithful to Man, I just like sometimes. fell apart, didn't oh, I? I loved it. I was, I, I was literally audible. I'm, I'm walking around downtown Charleston in like fancy shops with headphones in my ears, listening to the podcast, crying and audibly saying out loud, like, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I do Keep that going. too. I just listened to a podcast today too. And I did the same thing while my walk, I was like, okay, I hear you, you know? It really mattered to me that Carlos and I, and I want you to talk about this a little bit as a pastor's wife, but it mattered to me a lot that Carlos and I talked about that leaving was right for them because because staying was right for me, and that's all that my friends who have been listening have heard was the power of staying. And and there is a lot of power of staying, it to stay, but that was not right for his family, and I, I just wanted— I don't ever want people to feel like I'm bossing them. I want them to feel like they, that my friends who listen are getting the opportunity to think through what's right for them. And so I needed to say that. But I mean, I can't imagine you as a pastor's wife of a, a small but thriving church. When people leave, is it really hard? Yeah, it's so hard. Is it just devastating? Because what, I mean, how's, what's the size of y'all's church right now? Because y'all are church planters, correct? Yeah. And are you under, a, are you planted out of a denomination? We're in a family of churches that's like not super well known in the U.S., um, so it's called New Frontiers. Is it known worldwide? It is. So there, are no, there, there are more more churches in our family of churches outside the U.S. than are in the U.S., which is interesting. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was like, is that a is that a caveat you're adding for a reason? Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It's like, like, like if you mention yeah, it in yeah. the U.K., more people are going to know about it. And yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah, if I meet people who who have like encountered New Frontiers, that's our family of churches. If I meet people, they're usually from outside of the U.S. They're like, oh yeah, I went to the, this church in South Africa and they were a New Frontiers church. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, bigger outside of the U.S. than it is in the uh, inside the U.S., but it's called New Frontiers and it's it's not a... Oh yeah, my friend's church, I just Googled it and my friend's church in Edinburgh, King's Church that I love is a New Frontiers church. Which you were, is that the church you were just at? Uh, no, that's not the church. But my really good friends, that's where they go. And so I love Kings. Yeah. It's an amazing church. So fun. <gasps> cool. Okay. Okay. So y'all are part of the New Frontiers family. Yes, we are. Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. And our size on a, on right now on like a full Sunday, we've got about, about 150 adults. Yeah. So if a family leaves, it is a parent. It's devastating. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. 
I imagine. But sometimes you have to believe as the one of the pastors of the church that, which would you call yourself that? I would call you that, but you need to tell me if that's what you would call yourself. I don't call myself a pastor, but I do say Nick and I lead the church. And I'm, ch- I'm changing my um, that vocabulary to not say I'm a church planner's wife or, or the pastor's wife. I say my husband and I lead a church in Charleston. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I will say. As one of the leaders of a church in Charles, I mean, the nuances that we have to the tangle with. The semantics, boy. Just listen. So as a, as a leader in your church, what is it like to have to swallow that sometimes God asks people to leave y'all? Well, I'm going to tell you, like, we're only f- four years in, but God has done Which four massive- years is a long time, by it's the way. It's a long time. It is a long time. And God has done a massive work in... Um, in my heart and my perspective has massively shifted on it um, just in the last little bit. And so I'm, I'm glad you asked because the, yeah, I can say like laughing with tears, like, Oh, it's so hard when people leave. Ha 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 ha. It is hard. It's devastating. But there's this whole other side of it that I do think is so beautiful to share. And that is like only, only from God um, in that, in the last year, he's totally changed my heart. And now when people leave, I actually have like a good bit of joy about it. And the reason why is you know, when you first plant, you, you start looking at everyone really nervously and you're like, you can't go anywhere. Don't move. <laughs> Physically, Please like, don't leave. stay right there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the nature of church planting. Like, people typically don't stay at a church plant very long. It's it's really hard. Um, it's, it's just a harder way to do church, which we understand. It takes more energy. It takes more effort. You know, a lot of church planning networks and like programs will tell you like people are often like scaffolding. They'll help you build, but then they need to go. And um, and so they tell you to like prep for that. On top of that, Charleston is a very transient city. And I mean like very transient. Um, I think the average stay in downtown Charleston where we're at is something crazy dumb like 18 months. Like it's <gasps> a really no way. City. Yeah. And that's for families even because I didn't know families could pack up and move that quickly. <laughs> it's heavily impacted because of college students. So they, they, they massively skewed that. But yeah, it's just a really transient city in general. So I would like people would come. I would look at them with like Smeagol eyes and be like, <laughs> "Don't move, don't leave. You yeah. are, you're my everything." Um, and because it's either that or it's like, "Yeah, y'all aren't even going to be here to stay." So whatever. Exactly. You have a choice. Which that's where I went next. Yeah, I, bet. I, w- I did that stage for a long time where I was like, "I'm fine. I'll take care of me." Uh, like, nice to know you. You can't have any part of my heart. And then I'm in this new season where I see like, oh man. Like the idea of pruning is real and beautiful. And I don't know a lot about gardening. I don't know if you do. No, but, but listen, we can talk about it. I don't watch your Instagram it. stories about gardening, so I'm going to assume you don't. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> but what people have explained to me about pruning is that, like I always thought pruning really was like just cutting dead leaves, but it it really is quite often like cutting things that are alive and healthy so that other things can grow. Um, Or that it can be healthier and just like cut back to a healthy size. And so it's not this idea of like, well, we cut off old dead things when they're old and dead. That's part of it. But it's also like you cut really healthy things so other healthy things can grow. And um, Okay, but doesn't that like ruin your life? It does. When it's really your life? Until you start to be like, okay, when you leave – you, this person that I like needed. So I, I, who I relate to this the most is my friend, Brittany, who I think is really similar to you, Annie. In fact, like, I mean, I just, I talked to her a lot about you because you guys have really similar personalities. Um, Brittany is my like greatest, greatest, closest friend. Um, she's a single gal who moved with us from Indiana to help plant the church. She lived with Nick and I for almost three years helped us plant the church. She was the person that I said, like, well, you can just never go. Like you'll, you can never go. And then she started saying like, I want you to know God is like telling me it's coming. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave in six months. I'm going to leave in three months. Oh, really? She she gave us good warning. She originally came home and said, I want you to know. So brave. Yeah. She originally said, I'm, I'm pregnant with the idea of moving. And I, I'm telling you, it was about nine (gasps) months later that she moved. And, um, where did she move? She moved back home. Don't give her an address. Okay. Yeah. She felt called to like be, (laughs) be with her family, be near her family, love them and like do life with them. And so, okay, Jess, but that's just so interesting that she was confident enough in what God was saying to her 
to be willing to say out loud to y'all, I'm pregnant with this idea that God might be changing my whole life in nine months. Yeah. She's a wild gal in the best way. She listens to him. So, but then I remember like two or three days before she's leaving, she looked at me and she was like, hey, it's going to be better for you. She was like, I'm not saying like, you're going to be okay and you're going to make it. She was like, I'm telling you, it's going to be better for you. Like people are going to rise up in um, my place. I'm going to cry. You know, it's going to happen. People are going to rise up in my place that like wouldn't have been there. And I thought like, I remember that night, like ugly crying back to her. And saying like you're wrong, you're so right. wrong. It's not gonna. No be one like will ever that. be to me what you are, right? But even then, I think in my best dreams, I would have imagined like maybe leaders, like leaders in the church, will rise up where she's like kind of carried a lot for us. But what the Lord ended up doing is that honestly, like at that point in my life, Brittany was my only friend. I mean, I only friend in my church. And when I went to places or when people asked, like, how's church planning? What's it like? I would just say, like, it's lonely. It's a little bit sad. Like, God provides manna, but I don't have a ton of friends. And what God has done in, like, in her absence is brought great friends. Like, I I think maybe for the first time in my life, I have, like, the most vibrant friendships I've ever had. Really? Yeah. And that was, like, the that's been the story that's helped me through all the other people of, like, it is going to hurt. It's going to be hard when you leave. But I, if I believe that he does good for you and I believe that he does good for me, like I actually can say it's going to be better that you go. There's going to be stuff that rises up in your absence um, that's going to be beautiful. And it's still going to hurt. <laughs> it's still going to be cutting. That's right. I mean, that's what you have to hold, right? You have to hold that both those things are true, that it can be right for someone to leave your life and it can hurt. Yeah. 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 Or your church or your whatever. But yeah, man. That's brutal. And when when you're pouring your life into a church with someone else, like y'all were, yeah. Did you were you glad you knew nine months before? Like, were you glad that she invited you in? (laughs) No, (laughs) such a good quick answer. No, I mean in theory, I guess, yeah. But no, I grieved the whole time. I grieved the whole time, and she did too. We would look at each other four months out in the middle of like watching friends and just start crying. Like just you knowing. and her or yes. you and Nick? Me and her. Yeah. I mean, she was I mean, she was like my sister wife everything. So, we grieved it the whole time. We knew she was leaving. And the and 2 days after she was gone, I was fine. Like it was fine. I mean, and I miss her, but also I can, that's the other thing about the pruning is that I miss her. Um but her and I also have, have said like, you know, in a lot of ways nothing's changed. We don't laugh making dinner together anymore, but goodness gracious, we still have what we had. Like we didn't lose it. You don't lose that. When you're like sister wives with someone, you know, when they've carried like all of your stuff, all of your eggs, right. like you don't right. lose that. It's just, you just don't get to laugh making dinner. That's right. That's yeah. right. That is incredible. Have you seen more pruning since in the last four years than you did before that in your life? Yes. Yes. Really? I've always been the one on the go, and I feel like I've always been the one, like, doing the cutting. Um, So, yeah, that's also the really interesting thing about it. I think you know this, but Nick and I's story is that we moved 10 times in our first nine years of marriage. And so we were always the one leaving. Which is just... Yeah. Yes. It's a lot easier to leave than it is to be left, for sure. And so do you think that in the last few years, since y'all have really planted in Charleston and been there, have your eyes been more open to pruning or has more pruning happened? Oh, it's a good question because I'm sure the pruning probably did happen. Um, I think our eyes are probably just more open to it. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a real believer that there's a lot of, I was sitting around a table last night with friends and I said, I just think if we want to know what season we're in and what's going on in our lives, we will, we can ask God and he will tell us. He won't tell us everything, but he will, I think he'll tell you if you're pregnant with something, right? With a new season or a new life thing coming or a new idea coming. And, and so we were talking about what do you, so it's so interesting that you said it like that. We didn't say it just like that last night. We just said, you know, just like, you know, winter is coming. So you start getting your summer clothes cleaned up and you start putting them away and giving away what you don't want anymore and thinking about your sweaters, but not wearing them. I think we can do that in the spiritual. Okay. Here's what I'm doing. I'm literally pulling up 
I just feel like in general, I can't get enough of you these days, Annie Downs, because <laughs> every time you say well, something. Well, we have had we have had a lot of time together lately that the rest of the world doesn't know that we spend a lot of true. time on the phone it's processing true. some things lately. I'm pulling up an Instagram draft post that I've had drafted. This is what it says. I haven't posted it yet. Don't be scared to ask God the purpose behind your season. Maybe he shares, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he brings a verse or a picture to your mind. When we remember that he's an actual good father, it's easier to shake out of that scarcity mentality. We don't have to buy the lie that we're out here in the dark all alone finding our own way. The other day I asked him what this season was about and felt this rumbling around in my soul. It's about bold humility. It's about going full out, even if no one sees, even if the fruit isn't there. It's about running with friends, even if you're in last place, and just being thankful to be in the race at all. And suddenly I felt so much more prepared and passionate Ask him about your season. Ask him to give you some instructions or some encouragement. See if he won't speak life over you somehow specifically. And because I know this question is coming, and it's a good one, how do you know it's him that's talking back, which you guys said in the podcast the other day. Literally, I've had this, I've had this drafted for like three weeks and haven't posted it, but I said this. How do you know if it's him, if it's him that's talking back? Does it line up with his word and his character? Does it build... His kingdom, is it true, noble, and life-giving? It's probably just him. Try it. See what he has to say. The Holy Spirit is louder than you think and more gentle than we could imagine. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Not, Not the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come on. Man, that's beautiful. Will you post that? I need you to post that so that because everyone's going to want to go read that when they hear you today. So you at least need to have it posted by the time our books are out, which is this week. So you <laughs> yes. get ready. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Jess, is I just think there is way more available to us if we ask for it. And we may be wrong sometimes, but we're certainly, we certainly can ask with confidence and then let God decide what he tells us. Yes. And the other way to say this, you know, the, the funny, but more helpful way to say it is like, what, is it God or is it us? Like, well, I think about bagels and sleeping in. So it's probably him. And sometimes I think the bagels are from him too. Thank you. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, whenever something comes to my mind and it makes my stomach feel weird, I'm like, you didn't think of that yourself. Like, there's, you just didn't think of that yourself. There's no way you came up with that. You wouldn't be doing this. And I also try in my life, especially in this particular conversation we're having of like a season shifting or something changing or something coming down the pipe, I tend to go, I think the Lord said that. I'm going to tell two or three people that I really trust, and then I'm just going to wait and see. Yeah. You know, and just kind of go like, I'm willing to be wrong. I also think I'm not. And so <laughs> we're just going to watch and wait and have enough. It's almost like uh, when I, at events, a lot of times people will say, do you know who you sound just like or look just like? And before they answer, I always whisper to someone else, they're going to say Emma Stone. Because I want someone else to be in on it with me before yeah. the right answer comes. Yes. You know, because yes. it always is Emma Stone, which is such a huge compliment. But I feel the same with spiritual stuff as I want someone else in it with me before God does the thing. And I'd rather these, those two or three people, you're in the middle of one with me right now. I'd rather these handful of people that know, I think this is what God's doing. I'd rather have to look at them and go, I was wrong. than have no one experience the fun of God revealing himself later. Yeah. You know what happened today? This is the craziest, sweetest thing. My sister called me today with a, like a wild idea and I wish I could share it online, but I can't yet. She was like, I kind of have this wild idea. I just need you to let me talk. Like, just let me say it. It might be a bad idea. It was about something she wanted us to do together, an idea of something she wanted us to do together. And, um, as she like said what she thought the name of it was, I had bought the domain two years ago. You are lying to me. No, I had you're lying it. to I'm me. I'm not lying to you. And it's and when I can talk about it online, I will. But I had, yeah. I had bought it two years ago, like a, meaning something totally else. And every time it comes up for renewal, I'm like, I'll just keep it. It's, it's a fun little name. And she was pitching me this wild idea of like, what if we did this thing together? And just just give me a second because I think it might be from him. And I was like, yeah, well, we should definitely do that. And I I, I own the domain, so it's good. It's ours. Oh. My gosh. Isn't that crazy? But it also not crazy? It's not crazy. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's the truth is it's not crazy because this is a version of life we are invited to have. Right. 
Like it's a little bit, how much do you want? How much do you want of the Lord? Because you'll yeah. give it yeah. all. Like, Yeah. And I may have said this with Carlos, but I am of the belief of I want to get to heaven and the Lord go like, you are crazy. You nut job. <laughs> right? You're so versus, funny. Yeah. Versus you missed out on things I had for you because you weren't, you didn't ask me for more. I want him to be like, Downs is here and she, y'all, she's a lunatic. Right. Like that's what I want to have happen when I get there. Exactly. I want him to be like literally like laughing and shaking his head. Like you are, yes. you are cute. Yes, totally. Totally. That's what I want. But also, and I'd love for you to speak into this. The There is a take up your cross side to this too, right? There's a pain. It is not an easier choice because there, I was on the phone today with a pastor friend of mine I'm out on my walk crying, going like, I'm, I've never been scared like this. I've never been scared like this. But it's because I'm asking God about seasons, and I think he's answering. And so it comes at a cost. It is still what I'd rather carry than miss out on surprises from him. And maybe if you're if you're always hearing, like, it's continually summer. Nothing's ever going to be hard for you. It's always light. It's always easy. Like, maybe that, maybe then I would revisit what you're hearing, but you're exactly right. And... Um, God's telling someone that I want them to tell me where to move and how to have that life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what city do you live in? I feel like you live in a Hallmark movie. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm feeling like he's saying about this season, and I. I feel like I mean Jessica and full circle to pull you back into it. You know, I texted you the day I got looking for lovely, and I sat down and I read it, and I just I like couldn't stop reading it. My husband like we were, I got it while we were eating dinner. He ended up putting the kids to bed, cleaned up all the dishes. I'm still sitting there reading it, just crying. I texted you that day. You won't remember it. You shouldn't remember it. I texted you and was just like, this is too much. It's it's amazing. And you said, I hope so. I bled for this one. And that is the language I've taken with this book. And, and I feel like as I've asked him, like, tell me about this season from the get-go with this book, I've said, like, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And I feel like he's given me this weight of like, it's going to be a little harder. It's going to be a little different. Really? Like with Dance Stand Run, you feel that way? Yeah. Okay, so you feel that way about Dance Stand Run over Wild and Free? Absolutely. And that's actually the day I wrote that Instagram post that I just read to you was I I went on a run um and I just I started the run and I said, "All right, tell me about tell me about this book launch. Tell me about this season." Um and I was running with my friend who's a like great runner. Actually, I, I was running that morning and <laughs> I have a bunch of friends for a training for a half marathon. And one of those friends also is my husband um, who doesn't run and hasn't run for a long time. And he's been training for the half marathon with us and he's so fast, um, like minutes faster than I am, minutes faster per mile. Not like a minute, multiple minutes <laughs> So I was running. I do not run with a person for that exact reason. Yeah. So I was running that morning. and was like, tell me about, tell me about the season. Tell me about this book launch. Tell me what I need to know. And I felt like he was like, you see this run? Like you see your friend, how she's further up ahead. You, you know how like your husband's way further ahead and like, he's gonna, he's gonna finish like, you know, an hour quicker than you are. Like, it's okay. You're, you're getting to run and it's fun and it's okay. You don't, you don't have to be first. You don't need to, it doesn't need to look the same. It doesn't need to feel the same. You're running. Enjoy it. Worship. Like be with me. Enjoy it. So that feels different. Um, you know, the wild and free. It felt wild and free. It felt like first horse out of the gate, so excited, first go round, um, freshman year, like excitement, joy. It felt easy. It felt easy to write. We literally, Haley and I would look at everyone and be like, why does everyone say this is hard? It's like kind of easy. (laughs) (laughs) So easy. That's cute. Um, That's so cute. I mean, there were parts of it were hard, but it was more like pretending it was hard or like, you know, but dance, stand run, like literally you gave me the words like I bled for it. I bled for it. I feel like I'm still bleeding for it. Here's what. You don't quit bleeding for it. Right. Like people still talk to me, will say things about looking for lovely and will bring up certain stories and I will bleed a little. Yeah. Right? And I'll go, oh yeah, everyone knows that. I forgot everyone. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right, we are having a fun celebration today, my friends, but just wanted to pop in real quick and remind you that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Talkspace. I'm so grateful for what they are doing, providing an online 
therapy company for people who maybe aren't in a town where that's easy or aren't in a place where that's easy, but you can hop online for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can pick an experienced licensed therapist that you can relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work, which is hugely impressive to me. So to match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com backslash Downs, my last name, D-O-W-N-S. And to show your support for this podcast and to use a coupon code to get $30 off your first month, the code is Downs, D-O-W-N-S. So that's coupon code Downs, Talkspace.com backslash Downs. Back to the party. Give us like a rundown of Dance, Stand, Run. Yeah. Um, the short story is um, not the book I'm meant to write, which I feel like a lot of people say, but like, man, believe authors when they say that because they're not joking. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. Outlines are super important to get you started. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, we, this book had a different title, a different subject. It was going to be about um, like being honest with people and being honest with God. That's what it was going to be about. Um, and ha- it had like a published date. It had everything. And, um, went to my editor and went to my publisher and said, Hey, um, actually like we're going to, I need to talk about holiness. I've forgotten about holiness. I've forgotten that I'm holy. I've buried it. I've, I've buried that truth. I've hidden my holiness. It's really impacting me. It's really impacting my community. I need to kind of repent and I need to like write while I repent. And they were the bravest women ever. And they said, go for it, do it, go for it. And, um, so started writing the book and decided, okay, the only way I'm going to be able to write this is to be like very honest and say the honest, like I'll, I'll go first and say, Hey, here, here are the parts about holiness that I've forgotten. And here's what it's looked like for me to hide my holiness. And here's what I think it would look like if I spent more time agreeing with who God's made me to be and less time, um, trying to become something. And then as I wrote that, I realized, okay, you know what? You really cannot talk about holiness without talking about grace. Like we need an undergirding of God's grace and like a refresher. Um, So then I said, okay, well, then I'll still tell the embarrassing things. And I'll say like, here's how I don't really grasp grace. And here's how I really struggle to give it to other people. And then we can move into holiness. And then I realized, you know, if you write about grace and you write about holiness, um, if you just like seep those things in, if you just like take all of God's grace that you can, and if you stand your holy ground and um, really begin to agree with that he's written about you and what he said about your identity, then if you don't run on mission, if you don't take it to other people, like you're, it's, it's not working right. So the book then became about grace, holiness, and mission. So it's dancing and grace, standing and holiness and running on mission, which is where we got the title, Dance, Stand, Run. Dude. So it's a lot. That's, it's that's heavy. serious. It's like, you know, a bright pink cover. Um I know. Did you paint that cover? I think you did. I didn't paint it, but I did, did design it. I designed the cover. And yeah. um it's like because it looks so much like your artwork. It has it feels like so much of your beautiful artwork oh, you do. Thank you. It was a it was like a that was that cover was a whole nother thing. Like, hey, here's a 10 minute, like, what do you guys think about this? And after we had worked for six months on the cover, and they were like, Yeah, sure, oh, that's right. the one. Um, but so it's bright pink and like sweet and frilly, but inside it's like heavy, heavy, real thoughts about theology, not like deep dead, dead guy thoughts about the theology. Like, what do we actually think about God? And then coupled with like, you, I cannot talk about this without telling stories. So I'll just tell the like harder embarrassing stories of me doing it. Not well. Right. Right. So you have one daughter. I have one daughter. Three sons. Do you want her to read this book? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've, t- I've already told them the most embarrassing parts of it, for sure. I mean, there's the part, there's parts they don't understand. I mean, I talk about alcohol. I talk about me and drinking. And, like, at the time, as I was writing, a current day drinking problem. Yeah. So that happened. So as you're <laughs> writing, that's happening. Yeah. As you're writing, that is happening live. I, w- I said in the book, like, hey, here's where my heart's at. Here's what God's shown me. I can't tell you how long ago he showed me this, but I will tell you it's been like since I started writing this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where I'm not talking two years ago. I'm talking like as I'm writing it, I'm realizing like, uh-oh, here's me. Girl, that takes some serious guts. And how many girlfriends do I have that are asking themselves the question, do I have a drinking problem or do I just like to drink a little bit? 
Yes. I mean, it's like a real question that a lot of women in their, that I'm friends with in their 30s and early 40s are asking right now. Yeah. Well, I say in the book, like, I don't know how much of a drinking problem it was as much as it was a drinking rhythm. But the, the problem, I mean, I even say in the chapter, a lot of you guys are going to immediately not want to listen to me because you're going to say, like, that's not a problem. Like, the, the when I describe it, like, that's not a problem. So, and I say, like, some of you are going to want to discount me because I say I drink it all. Um, others of you are going to want to discount me because I, I say how much I drink and it's not that often. Um, but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the frequency. It was like, it was just what was behind it. It was that it was like a, a rhythm of pacification. Yes. That's the thing. I mean, I think with anything, we do not need to look at each other and go, oh, I drink less than her. I spend less than her. I do less than her. or I do more than her. It literally is no comparison to anyone else. It is what is the heart behind why you do what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, and if there is a problem, there is a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're allowed to self-diagnose. I'm not handling this well. Yeah. Yeah. My heart's not I mean, right I think spot. that is really fair. Yeah. And anyone who reads it and, and puts themselves up against you and says, well, I'm more than or less than, that feels like an, um, a safety net for them. Is that true? To, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. So That's exactly mm. it. Okay. So now that the book, we had our book birthdays on Tuesday, you with Dance, Stand, Run, me with 100 Days to Brave, what is your hope for what happens with Dance, Stand, Run? Oh, I'll say if you'll say. Okay. Um, I'll probably cry, but you probably will too. So. <laughs> probably. Um, I hope we start talking about holiness. I hope we change the conversation about it. Okay. Right. Because the conversation now about holiness is what? What do you feel like it? I mean, I have had to watch talking about it online lately, um, thankfully, because Nick is like, hey, so much wiser than I am. <laughs> He'll say like, hey, watch watch the gun language because guns are like a thing right now. I'm like, oh, right. Um, but I think it looks like every other – I think it looks like all the believers, like in they're in a standoff in like a action movie, like guns pointed at each other. Like don't make a move. You're wrong. You're wrong. If anybody even like makes an errant gesture, we're all going out. And I think we're going to have to like put the guns down and say like, maybe let's just stop talking about how other people aren't holy. And maybe let's just look at what the word says. And that most of it points to like, we just don't have time to talk about other people's holiness. If one person talks about like, am I agreeing with the holiness that God's written over my life? Then they have a hundred percent chance to change the world. But if we keep just yelling at one another, we have like a great chance to like, you know, blow the whole thing up. So like if we could just change the conversation, I would say that would be number one, like stop having the negative conversations. I know they have to happen, but they've got to happen in safer places. Like I think they basically need to never happen online. Um, I know that there are hard things we have to talk about, about like, what about this? And what about this? Great. I think those things should happen like in our churches in safe places, like girded with lots of scripture and grace and truth all the time, both at once. And so I would say, number one, let's stop yelling about how other people aren't holy. And number two, I would just say, like, can we just change the whole outlook of holiness and and start talking about the beautiful things that are afforded for us by the cross of Christ as holy women of God? The things that we are able and called and given the privilege to do. I think if it's all positive reinforcement. If we spent all our time thinking about that, we'd have so much less problems. Yeah, and I just want to remove holiness from this thing that is such a, um, it's not this old school, old mentality that we have grown past. No. And sometimes it feels like holiness is treated like this thing that happened in church when we were younger and like, haven't we grown past that? We that? got over. You know? We should have gotten over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that makes me crazy. Yeah, that grace somehow like we know better now. That's what it feels. Yeah, it feels like yeah, we yeah, know yeah. better than holiness when in in reality, like we were really kind of meant to to take both too far all the time. Yes, 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 yes. So I love that. Yeah, I think your book will do that. I'm really. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that you put your heart and your blood into the, that because there is something. The idea of dance, stand, run. I mean, like you explained it, it just, it, it, this feels like a book that I, that can walk with us for the next few months into the new year and kind of go, yeah, that's who I want to be, Yeah, you know? 
Yeah. So. Okay. I want to hear about 100 Days Brave because I'm just dying over it and think it's the best. Oh, you're kind. Okay. So my hope for 100 Days to Brave, you know, I, I think 100 Days to Brave is a special opportunity for people who want baby steps toward courage to take them. Mm. And I didn't mean to do that exactly. <laughs> um, I am grateful that that happened. And the, I mean, it, it's just this little piece of work that feels like it has the opportunity to go into some places that some of my other books won't ever go because it's just less, um, well, it's just an, it's a more palatable system, right? Like it's, it's a hundred short devotionals. It's, you don't have to sit in like, let's all be brave or looking for lovely and tell yourself, I don't know how you read, but I, I usually set, look at my phone. I go, okay, I can read until this is how, this is what a dork I am. Yes. Yes. I have six minutes or I have 11 pages. Okay. Oh, till the end of the chapter, I'll do 11 pages. Right. And so that means I have to read while I'm drying my hair like that. And I just, and I have found in my life that things like, now hear me clearly, I'm not comparing my writing to any of these people's writings, but Utmost for His Highest, She Reached Truth, Savor by Shauna Nequist. I find that all these things that give me just a little chunk every day help me to be, a, as Eugene Peterson says, long obedience in the same yes. direction. Yes, yeah, so good. And so that's my hope is that... 100 Days to Brave will just give people a chance to persevere in one direction for three-ish months of time so that they can see their lives change. I love it. I so, love it. And it's at Target, which is like it's such a— It's at Target. I know. It's at every stinking Target. It's supposed to be. And that is just like—only like only God can do that. You know, like we can't—you can't ask Target to carry you. You know, I know what a big deal that is. I've done the like rain dances to Target to say like, what right, do you want from right, me? Right, right, right. That's right. What would it look like, Target, for us to be who you need us to be? And so it just looks like one of those where you go like, hey, Lord, I wasn't trying to do that. I'll let you do that. I, okay. I mean, so I'm excited. And it's fun and it's easy. And it's so I'm excited about it. I'm glad it's out. I'm glad that people can get it. I hope they find it at Target. I hope they go there. I mean, you and I both stand together on this, that we always want people going to their local bookstore. Yes. We want them supporting yes. the people in their town who are putting stuff together and making a way and um, running a store that in, a, in an environment that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, and then go to Target and then go to Amazon. That's my, those, are, those are my three. Go to all, get one from each if you go want to. Go to all of them. Absolutely. <laughs> no, like, but genuinely. Yeah. Go to all yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little system here in Nashville where for every like uh, two or three books I buy on Amazon, I, I go and buy one in person at my local bookstore. Man. Just that's to cool. like, not like any book, but like the next one I need, I'm either ordering from my local bookstore or buying from my local bookstore. Cause I respect the ease of Amazon for sure. I mean, when I saw a friend of mine said, Hey, there's this book on prayer that you should read. I opened my phone and ordered it and it was there the next day. Like I get it. Right. But I also want to make sure that I'm a part of my community, you know? Yeah, that's good. So that's good. So, and I like so deeply love, and we've talked about this is separate from this conversation, but I so deeply love that our books come out the same day. It makes me so happy. I mean, I, I, there's no one else I'd rather share a book birthday with. Oh, you're so kind. I mean, I remember that I woke up in the middle of the night, one of the nights that at, right after Looking for Lovely came out, and I had a text from you going, have you seen where Looking for Lovely is on Amazon rankings? <laughs> and I was like, man, that is this is how we're supposed to do this. Yes. This is what it looks like that we all are on the same team. Yes. Like we have learned, we've been doing this for five or six years together, and it is just way more fun if we cheer for each other. It's way more fun. It's And I can't I mean, understand another way at this point of like, why wouldn't we? What what do you lose? It's the only way. It's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. I mean, you don't you don't lose anything. It's just yeah, it's the only way. You know, I am like a general like books of my friends Amazon stalker in general. Like yeah, what's yeah, happening? Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? How can I cheer for them? What do they need? Um so, yeah, I mean, I was literally like I I somehow got like wind of 100 Days to Brave and that's how I found it was on the same day because I was like Wait, wait, yeah. it's already on Amazon. It comes out the same day. I know. It's just the best. We're just, my very first book, Perfectly Unique, came out the same day as Emily Freeman's book. I'll never forget. Graceful. I'll never forget watching you guys tweet about it all day. I, I like remember the tweets yeah. like I, it was in my own diary. 
we're just really lucky to be in a sisterhood is such a terrible word. Give me another word. A team, uh, a team. Yeah. We're just on a team yeah. of a bunch of men and women. Cause there's dudes here too, who we go like, Hey, I, I will do what it takes to make sure that you feel supported. Yeah. Absolutely. And cared for, you know, and and you've been a dear friend to me in that world as well. So it makes today really fun when because originally we had this podcast was, OK, let's get let's talk about 100 Days to Brave. And then when your book was coming out same day, I was like, oh, no, we're talking about both. We're doing both. This I is exactly you. this is the way better way to do it. This is way more fun. So, OK, we did not dig into Enneagram. We have to do this for a second. <gasps> yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you prepared? I'm so ready. You're an eight with a seven wing. I'm a seven with an eight wing. It's why we like each other so yep. much. Yep. A really fun thing is in the last couple of weeks, our friend, our mutual friend, Jen Hatmaker, has decided that she has started to love Enneagram, so it's upped the conversation significantly. <laughs> it's like what happened with Gilmore Girls, because we're all That's we're right. All it, I mean, literally. Yes. She brought the Gilmore yes. Girls revival. She like, if brought you the Gilmore anyone, Girls back. Yeah. I am so sure of that, too. I am so convinced that she brought the Gilmore Girls back. It happened. And so my question for you, because I would love for my friends who are listening to get to kind of hear your process of this, is how have you and Nick grown in your marriage from learning the Enneagram about each other? I just feel like, was there marriage before the Enneagram? I don't know. I mean, there won't be marriage. I mean, there won't be any marriage before I understand Enneagram. So not in my life. And better for you. Better for you. God's timing is yep. good. Um, yeah. So I'm an eight, Nick's a five. Um, basically like, I mean, in the smallest ways and in the deepest ways, like knowing what we each need, knowing what is healthy for each other. I think specifically like a lot of ways that I, that I would look at Nick and um, the way he's wired and think like, I should be more like that. I feel so freed up to, to realize like, that's actually not best for me. Um, in the smallest ways, the one I use all the time lately is like vacation and rest. Um, when, when Nick rests, he likes to like cease from everything. He likes to go sit somewhere pretty and look and think. Um, and we've, yeah, cause fives love being in their own head. It's like their favorite they playground. They want to crawl in and just stay forever. Um, and eights, that's about the most unhealthy thing we can do is to just sit and think. I mean, in unhealth, we, t- we move towards five. So like, if you want us to be depressed, make us sit and think for hours. Um, <laughs> but it, like, that's a small thing. But so I just got into the Enneagram, like at the end of the summer. And this vacation was the first vacation where I finally said to Nick, we go away for our anniversary every summer. And I, I finally said like, Hey babe, I can't, I can't do the, like, go sit on a beach. I turn into a complete weirdo, like three days in and I want to change the world and I can't do anything about it. And I'm here on a beach and I just feel like I'm, I'm messing everything up and like, I can't do it. We got to move. So this year we hiked, we went somewhere where we could sit for three days and then we could hike. We could, I could connect with my eightness, like let my body connect to the earth and physically move. And he could think, and I could put in my headphones and like, just move my body and we were better off for it. Okay. Yeah. That's so like you had your headphones thing. in. You were y'all were just together. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, how long have you been married? We've been married twelve years. And how long ago did y'all get into the enneagram like together? Four months. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> we're we're pretty. So new. it's like new. What do you? How how can you feel the difference of him understanding you as an eight? Oh man. I mean, I think the big things that eight eights need is not just permission, but they need like invitation, right? So like, okay, uh, eight women have been like at best allowed to be eights. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the exact truth. Eights are allowed to be eights. At best, it's like, oh, we love you because you're loud. Like we love you because you're strong. We love you. I mean, like we love uh-huh, you in spite uh-huh. of that. You know, like we love you. Right. And I feel like God has done this. Holy Spirit's done this. But the Enneagram has for sure helped Nick say like, I love that you're strong. I We need you to be strong. There have been times, there have been times in the last six months where in fear, um, in insecurity, I wanted to shrink back and he'll walk up to me with like a really aggressive face. And he'll say like, you leave right now. You need to leave right now. Wow. Like you need to speak up right now. You need to say that thing. 
don't don't shrink back. Wow. Um, and he's yeah. never done that in our whole marriage. But now he knows that like as much as it would be easy for me to like seem like I'm being loud or seem like I'm leading or seem like I'm being myself, like I'm I'm not. I'm really just like tempering. It's what I think everybody else can handle. Um, and wow. I don't just need permission. Which is a very female eight yeah. sad problem. Yeah. yeah. I don't just need permission. I need invitation to be bold and to do what God's asked me to do. And so, yeah, just in the last few months, have I seen him say like, uh-uh, say it again, say it louder. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yay for the Enneagram. It just puts, I mean, a friend of mine has said, you know, it's important to learn each other's Enneagram, but the top goal is to learn each other, right? Like we want to learn our friends and learn our spouses and learn them as individuals away from their Enneagram. But having, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a Enneagram book I'm reading about prayer and there's one that I'm reading about people in love and in work. So the most intimate relationships of your life. And so it helps me so much when I'm reading it about my coworkers, the girls who work with me, where I go like, oh, this is what, and I just, I may have mentioned this in a podcast earlier, but just uh, last week, I kind of had a little bit of a meltdown at work and I totally turned into a one. I mean, that's what sevens do when sevens are unhealthy. They turn into one and everyone just kind of looked at me. And then I was like, oh, I'm being a, I'm being a one. I know. I'm sorry. I can see, you know, so it's like we have this language now to explain not only our behaviors, but our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really grateful for that. So do you make the girls that work with you uh, do Enneagram? Oh, do you yeah. Know all just, uh, just immediately. I, I sent the test to everybody. Yeah. Like, take it right now. Yeah. Take it right now. Oh, yeah. Like, we take it before. We just got a new intern and just hired a new employee, and we don't offer jobs until we know they're Enneagram. Yeah. How could you? Right. How could you? Because how dare I hire another seven to be an admin person, right? Like what a waste. Yes. It would be so bad. Right. <laughs> I would hire another seven in the company just not to do certain jobs. So what's the number you can't work with right now? Is there a number that you're like, I could love them. I can be friends with them, but they can't be on my team. Uh, probably a seven, honestly. Yeah. Um, only because I, you know, there we can only have one crazy cook in the kitchen. Yeah, I, w- I would feel the same way you about eights. Yeah. I wouldn't do well if we hired a seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm like working my way through. I'm like, yeah, I would. I, I can see how one would be helpful. A two, a three, a four, a five, six, eight, nine. Okay, just sevens. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't need another me. No, right. In right, the world, right. is mostly. I mean, not in the world. There can be sevens in the world, just not in my <laughs> office. Yeah. I just think it would make the people insane. Um, okay, so here is the last question that we always ask on the podcast. As you know, is what sounds fun to you right now? The week that your book launches, <laughs> what sounds fun to you? Oh. Well, you know what sounds fun? So it's not our actual launch day yet when we're filming this, but it will be. And it will have maybe already happened. And I have big plans for my launch day. And I've like thought about it. I've thought about what I want that day to look like. I had a whole different launch for that first launch. It was like, you know, co-authored with Haley, which was so good, but it was also a really different experience. Um, and so I have two things planned for launch day that I'm very okay. excited about. One is that I'm going to counseling. Yes, girl. And I just, like, when I realized my normal counseling day fell on book launch day, I was like, should I change it? And I was like, no, that's exactly what I need to do. that's right. That's right. Um, And then I have family group that night, which is, like, my people from my church who come to my house every Tuesday, and they're coming over that Tuesday. And to just know, like, it's just going to be a day with them, um, that sounds fun. That sounds right. Yeah, because what people who haven't launched books probably don't know is that launch day is pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, it's fun because the internet is loud, but you don't just sit at your computer all day. No. Unless you really want to, I guess. But I I try not to. You should absolutely not. And do you know what I actually... No, you shouldn't. Don't refresh Amazon every hour. It's not that big of a deal. I learned from you what to do on launch day. I watched watched hard for uh, looking looking for ugly and I paid attention and I, I replicate it. And I just go, I go take all the gifts to all the people who help me. Yeah, that's right. And you know what I, the other thing I do is the night before the book comes out, so Monday night of this week, I go to a really nice dinner with really important people. Because people always go like, do you want to throw a launch party? Do you want to throw any kind of, or a book release party? And sometimes people do that and it makes tons of sense. It hasn't made sense for me yet. Um, Except the first one that I self-published in 2010, 
we did a, a little party that night. But I, I love going to dinner the night before the book comes out because it's celebrating the finished work. Yeah. It's not celebrating how it does. It's not celebrating how many people buy it or what time Amazon runs out of them or or where it ranks or anything. It is literally like, can we just eat a really, you know how I am with like eating experiences. I want, I love fancy, uh, like I love emotional eating experiences that are like, you feel something. Like it's more than just food. It's something you feel. And and so I want one of those the night before the book comes out to celebrate that I finished the work. So that's what sounds fun to me this week is a really good dinner celebrating a finished product. And then we keep going. Okay, where are you going? Because, you know, I care about Nashville food. Right. So I think I... So I really love a place called Husk, and that's the first one that's coming to my mind. But we have a Husk here I in Charleston. Yes, it's the same. It's the same. The same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so good. And then there's another one called Bastion that is like one of those where like they only serve 45 people in a night, and you blah 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 all that. And so I'm narrowing it down. By the time this comes out, I will have picked, but I'm narrowing it down between those two. Okay. Okay. So I'm feeling it. Just trying to sort it out. Um, Jess, thank you for being on the podcast. <gasps> Thank you. Thank and you for thanks for being my friend with me. Thank you for sharing our our book birthday and this week with me. It's our launch day. Yeah, it's so great. It's I mean, it's exactly the right way to do it and the most fun way to do it. And I'm always looking for fun. So, I love you. I'm so grateful for your voice in my life and for your voice to women who are um, walking through life. I feel like you're a really good companion to women who are seeking God. And so, I'm really grateful for you. I love you, friend. You're awesome. How much do you love her? I know. I know, you guys. I love her, too. I think she is amazing. I'm so grateful that she was able to come on this week, and then we get to celebrate Dance, Stand, Run, and 100 Days to Brave being born on the same day. So make sure you grab a copy of Dance, Stand, Run for yourself, for the women in your life. It really is a really special book. And I am super grateful that Jess was on the show. I just love her. I just think she's great. We've been waiting to do an episode together, and now we've gotten to do it. And I am so, so happy. Hey, and I just wanted to tell y'all about something fun that happened to me. I got these new headphones from a company actually in Sweden called Studio, and they are awesome. And I listen to headphones a lot because when I'm out on my run or when I'm on an airplane and they're wireless and they are the best. I have used them for about six weeks now and I absolutely love them. So it's the model that I have from Studio. It's S-U-D-I-O. It's called the Tray, the T-R-E. And it's their newest model for people with like an active lifestyle, which is a huge compliment that I will take. But the clarity is really good on what you're hearing and They're cute. Mine are pink. And in fact, in October, Studio is running a campaign for Breast Cancer Awareness Month where they're donating all the profits from the pink products to the Pink Ribbon Foundation in Sweden. And so if you need some wireless headphones, you just charge them. I just plug them in about once a week overnight and charge them. And then when I'm out on my runs or when I'm on a plane, those are the two places that I wear my headphones the most. Or when I'm talking on the phone in the car, they are ready to go. There's a 15% discount if you use the code that sounds fun 15 And we'll put this in the show notes as well. But you'll get a 15% discount off your purchase. And remember, if you buy in October, so if you buy anytime this week or next week, they're donating all the profits of the pink products to the Pink Ribbon Foundation in Sweden. So thanks to Studio for my cool headphones. I'm really grateful. And if you guys are looking for wireless headphones, these are, they're just awesome. I really, I, I really love them. The reason I haven't told you sooner is I told them I was going to use them for a while to make sure I could really love them. And I do really love them. So make sure you go to studiosweden.com. Again, we'll link to this in the show notes and then just look for the tray pink headphones they're just the cutest you guys are gonna like them so much they're like pink and gold whatever they're adorable so again you can use the code that sounds fun 15 to get 15 percent off any purchase and if you're thinking about Christmassy stuff suggestion i suggest it get some people some wireless headphones get them a copy here's what Get your friends a copy of Dance, Stand, Run, and a set of pink headphones and call it a Christmas. That is, I mean, sure. Also get them a copy of 100 Days to Brave if you want to. But that sounds like a great little Christmas gift, I think. 
So if you enjoyed this episode with Jess Connolly in your headphones, then there are some other female authors you may really like back in our other shows. Like Lisa Whittle was just a few weeks ago. People are loving that. Sophie Hudson, Crystal Evans Hurst, Jenny Allen. There are just so many fun ones back there. Andrea Lucado, which I love that episode. Tish Oxenrider. Okay, I could just keep going. So many fun female authors that I think you would enjoy. So make sure you pop back and check those out. Hey, and if it's your first time, you're so welcome here. And we are so glad that we are hanging out. If you want to review the podcast and rate it, that helps a lot for people who are listening for the first time as well to feel like they know they are welcome here. Hey, if you need to find me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in fancy, fun, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, all those. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you need to find me. My email is Annie at AnnieFDowns.com, and that comes straight to me, not to my phone, because I don't have email on my phone, but it comes straight to me. And I hope you will reach out and let me know what you're thinking. I love, love, love getting emails and tweets and Instagram comments from you guys about how you are feeling about the podcast, who you'd like to see on it that you haven't seen yet and which episodes really matter to you. And I'm really, really thankful that you take time to write. So you are welcome to do that anytime. I hope you have had a great day. I hope you've enjoyed having me and Jess in your ears, whether that's on the treadmill or cooking dinner or riding in the car, wherever you are. I hope that you will also go out today and do something that sounds really fun to you. Have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye.